Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Tech Talk, a podcast where Amit and I talk about various technology-related topics. Today's topic is a very interesting one because it's uh, lived on by uh, Amit a few weeks ago, just a, just a week ago. We're going to talk about tech in Japan. Uh, Amit visited uh, Japan recently, and we were talking after that about all the, all the sort of... Uh, new or modern technology used in in public areas as well as in in all walks of life in japan and i thought it was very interesting and uh, um hoping that our audience would also find it very interesting to know how things are done more creatively how tech is used more creatively in japan and uh, hope our audience will share how various texts are different in their own countries we have audience from all over the world and looking forward for you guys' interaction on this as well. So Amit, yes, tell us a little bit about uh, your experience and uh, uh, what are we going to cover today? So thanks, Renat. Uh, yes, uh, I had recently been to Japan with my wife and uh, son and it was a very amazing trip and it was a very different experience compared to all the other countries that I've uh, been to. Um, and I've been to about 20 countries now. So I've been to a lot of countries in South America, a few countries in Europe. And uh, in Asia, I think after India, this was my first country outside India. So it was a different experience. And uh, what st- what struck me the most was uh, the use of technology in day-to-day life and how convenient it makes everyone's life. So I, I thought of uh, covering that. Uh, and that's why I recommended this topic and uh, I'll try to cover that in my newsletter as well but I thought let's just talk about it because it's a very fascinating country and uh, I mean we all know about Japanese technology I mean we know about the different tech companies uh, etc and we know that it's a technological uh, powerhouse of course China has now overtaken it but uh, back in the days it was uh, making lots of uh, video games Walkmans um, and uh, different types of Blu-ray players we know about sony nintendo many other companies um uh, so yeah so it's a very very interesting country and i'm excited to talk about it the thing that i would cover uh, in uh, today's uh, talk would be uh, more about um, day-to-day life like what do you see in the airport what do you see in the hotels what do you see when you go to a public restaurant or a shopping mall what do you see in the trains etc because these are the things that i have used on a day-to-day basis uh, while i was there because i was traveling as a tourist so yeah Right. Yeah. Looking forward to, to finding out a lot about it, actually, because um, I've also been to many different countries and most of my most of the countries I've visited are actually in Europe and uh, most of them were beach holidays. So <laughs> I didn't actually get to experience the, the, the tech or the new ways of using tech uh, in, in different countries. But it always fascinates me and it always sort of uh, makes me think that how culture or you know the weather you know all of these things are different in different countries and how these things affect the innovative ways of using technology i mean i i, I know there is um, some countries which has white roof color and uh, the reason for that apparently and i i don't know the source of this information or validity of it but the reason for that is uh, they collect rainwater and the white uh, the the coloring of the roof actually reflects the sunlight and kind of purifies the rainwater as it 
is being collected. So that's a really innovative way of using something very simple and uh, not very much costly, but uh, you know, using sort of renewable resources, etc. So um, it's always interesting in different parts of the world, humans have come up with so many different ways of uh, making their lives easier through technology. And uh, yeah, Japan is uh, is kind of known for for uh, technological innovation. So it's very interesting to know all the different ways they've done it. So yeah, looking forward to it. So uh, one of the things I want to uh, first uh, say is that the technology that we are used to in Western uh, part of the world, uh, in Western countries, say Americas and Europe, uh, is uh, very different to the technology that we are exposed to in um, Japan. So in, in Western countries, for everything, there is an app. So you want to order a taxi, there is an app. You want to uh, uh, ch check anything, there is an app. Fitness tracking, there is an app. I mean, there is an app for basically everything that you want to do in your life. And most of the startups are actually built around apps. So there is very little hardware innovation. There are few hardware innovation uh, innovations, but it's uh, it's limited to very few companies. Uh, so majority of the innovation lies around software because it's easy to start, easy to scale and uh, you can uh, ask people to subscribe to your uh, thing and then you can easily scale it up because the beauty of software is that you create it once and you can create multiple copies of it. So you don't have to create it again and again like a car or a bottle or a cup. Most of the innovation that we see in western part of the world is uh, software because it's easy to build software once and create multiple copies of it so most of the startup scene is uh, focused around software and uh, most of the tech startups are all around software so you see very little hardware innovation i mean there are electric car companies and there are few small companies that are doing innovation but it's uh, very different from the innovation that's done in japan the other thing is that the innovation that's uh, driven here are mostly from an individual perspective and um, the innovation that's driven in Japan is mostly from a community point of view, like how can I make someone's life easier, etc. So you don't find very fancy, I mean, there are fancy innovations, but it's very convenient innovations and it's... Uh, I mean, I, I would say it's not on your face, the, the, the tech part. So let's start with uh, the airport. So when I landed in the airport, um, uh, one of the things that was uh, obviously um, apparent was that it's not as uh, good as, say, uh, the London airport, like the London Heathrow airport. So I was like, wow, okay, I've landed in Japan, but it doesn't look that advanced. Why is that? So I thought, okay, fine, let me just go through the immigration and let me go through the customs and then uh, maybe I'll find something interesting. So till that time, nothing. I mean, I was not amazed by any of the things that, that were there. It was just like an ordinary airport. But then I had to change the diapers of my son. Uh, so I took him to the restroom and that's where I saw the first glimpse. So normally in a bathroom door, you will have um, very few places I've never actually seen uh, any place in the world where you have uh, sliding doors. Um, so in Japan, you press a button and the door slides in and you go in and you press a button and the door slides out. So it closes, but, the, closes the room. Yeah. So, I mean, sorry to interrupt you there, but... You know, in London, uh, overground trains, they have sliding door bathrooms. No, but not in the, uh, uh, what, do you, what do you mean, uh, restrooms? 
Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. The, so restrooms. So like in a house or in a restaurant or in a convenience store. But in, inside the train. Remember, no, uh, no, not inside the train. I'm talking about. Uh, oh, you're talking about the inside train. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's, in London, that's, sli- that's a sliding door. Yes, but that's uh, not. Uh, I mean, not in a building. That's in a train. Yeah. So, what about the sliding door in a airport a toilet? What about sliding doors in a convenience store? What about sliding doors in a restaurant? So, there are sliding doors almost everywhere. and that was uh, one of the things that struck me like uh, if i want to go to a convenience store uh, there are sliding doors and uh, it just makes life so easy i mean yes there are sliding doors in tesco and sainsbury's etc but it's far more uh, different because um, there the space is limited so that's why sliding doors are more common than um, in uh, other parts of the world because space is very limited especially in tokyo houses are very small so they don't have the space to open or close a door so most of the doors are sliding and that makes uh, a huge uh, difference so that was the first thing and the second thing was the japanese toilet so not many people i i'm i'm not sure if many people are aware of it but japanese toilets are some of the most uh, advanced toilets <laughs> as you might uh, as uh, i'm i'm not sure if uh, many people know about it but um, normally in a toilet toilet seat you uh, take the seat down you uh, do your business uh, you clean yourself uh, you flush and then you get up and wash your hands uh, in a japanese toilet uh, to clean uh, i mean you do your business and you clean your stuff but uh, when you seated the seats are hot so it's a heated seat so it makes uh, very comfortable plus when you want to uh, clean yourself there is a button on the side so you press the button and uh, a small uh, like a a pipe will come out from the toilet seat and then it will spray some water and it will clean uh, your uh, your body and then uh, in order to flush again there is a button so there is a button to heat there is a button to spray the water there is a button to uh, sometimes even some of the toilets will even uh, throw some air which will uh, help in drying your body uh, part so it is it is very interesting and uh, those toilets are very very common like you'll find them in all re- uh, all hotels uh, most of the restaurants and uh, most of the malls uh, and uh, even in trains so those toilets are uh, very common all across um, and it makes your life very convenient i mean when you start using a ordinary toilet you realize like how <laughs> low tech our toilets <laughs> seats are Right okay that that is very interesting i think i think the biggest difference uh, uh, from what you're saying is is the 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 how common it is in all of these places i mean what you described i have actually experienced that in zurich when i went to switzerland okay um but it was that one toilet one toilet yeah uh it wasn't very like common place everywhere but uh, it, is, it is commonplace i mean uh, all the hotels i went it was there most of the uh, big restaurants it was there shopping malls it was there uh, trains it was there so it was very very common um in um, I, um, i mean i come from india so i went to some indian restaurants as well some of the indian restaurants also had japanese toilet so so that was very common and uh, it it's such a simple thing but uh, it's uh, visible all across in japan and it's uh, like a standard i mean if you go somewhere in japan you expect a japanese toilet so and and okay one of the toilets in one of the hotels uh, where we were staying uh, the moment you sit down uh, a sound plays 
so this could be the sound of a forest or the sound of a rain or something basically it's uh, uh, it's uh, there to maintain your privacy so suppose you're doing your business and it makes loud noises so this sound will muffle that so there is a sound and it does automatically so the moment you sit on the seat it uh, it plays it starts playing the sound the other thing is you get up the seat it flushes so you don't even have to press a button you get up the seat it flushes the toilet seat uh, it it flushes the toilet so that was very common and this was like just when i entered the airport and then i saw it across different uh, uh, parts of the country and then that was uh, uh, like really interesting then once you get out you see a lot of vending machines now we we know vending machines are there but in japan every street has vending machine literally every street i mean you go to a park there is a vending machine in a park you go to you go to any public place there is a there is a vending machine you train stations have vending machines streets have vending machines even um, remote places have vending machines and those vending machines are serving anything from alcohol tea toys chocolates any random stuff so those vending how, machines how do they do age verification in in uh, alcohol no, they the, they don't do age verification so uh, so the interesting part is that they, i think the alcohol will be only there in uh, hotels and restaurants and you'll have to pay some uh, uh, put some coins etc but yeah there is no age verification i didn't see any age verification so yeah mm. so so they they But were just be in the premises you probably have to be maybe uh, maybe, over, maybe. Over yes insurance. but most of the places you you found vending machines and they was uh, like uh, giving out all sorts of stuff and I mean, it was still very basic i mean uh, uh, i mean we still have to give credit to uh, the place where we live like in london where vending machines have contactless uh, payments acceptable uh, most of the machines had coin payments acceptable so it was still very cash and coin uh, based but it was still very quick like uh, you press uh, you 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 uh, put all the coins uh, for the amount and then you press the button and the and the drink or the chocolate or the crisp or anything that you want maybe even a toy will quickly fall and then you can take it so like a standard vending machine but the vending machines were very common so japan has a lot of vending machines um, i'm i'm not sure about the exact number maybe i will post it in the description of the video but it has got a huge number of vending machines and the vending machines are there in uh, most of the streets as well so like if you are walking through uh, a, a remote street where there is a temple where there are uh, no people you'll still find a vending machine so it's it's very very um, uh, common uh, to see in japan so then we we took a taxi taxi was uh, very uh, i mean like any other taxi in any part of the world uh, not many people know but toyota is the biggest uh, company in japan it is also one of the it is the largest automobile manufacturer in the world so you'll find a lot of toyota cars in japan and cars in japan are uh, sometimes very small uh, from what i could see because i think of the way their uh, their infrastructure is developed because they don't have a lot of space so the cars are uh, not as wide bodied as say the german cars but they are very narrow bodied so they feel a bit squished so it it feels like a very cartoonish kind of a thing but yeah they they the cars are a bit squished so the next thing is we uh, reach to the hotel uh, standard stuff you get a key you uh, and then you swipe in and you get into the hotel and the standard stuff in hotels i mean just the uh, regular japanese toilets and uh, regular things but 
there we are taking a shower uh, in the in the toilet uh, in the bathroom and then uh, once shower is over i see the mirror and the mirror doesn't have any condensation one part of the mirror doesn't have any condensation on it because normally when you take a hard hot shower uh, the water starts uh, condensing on the mirror and it makes it very uh, blurry or hazy and you can't see yourself so you'll have to wipe the mirror clean but there was one part of the mirror that was very clean and then i thought wow and it was a very specific part it was a part just over the basin um, and uh, up to a certain height which is i think the average japanese uh, height where you would be able to see yourself and comb your hair without actually uh, scraping the surface of the mirror and that was because when i touched the mirror there was a heater behind the mirror and that was very interesting i was like wow there is a heater behind the mirror at the exact part where i'm supposed to see myself and comb my hair once i get out of shower <laughs> this is quite interesting but at the same time it makes me think of uh, all the electricity that is being consumed yes and All the, all, the, also, all the Japanese toilets are consuming electricity, and they are consuming a lot of. Uh, they are consuming different types uh, of uh, water, and you need extra plumbing for everything. So yes, mm. you're right. Uh, this is what <laughs> I was also observing, and I was like, wow. So you are consuming so much electricity, and plus, uh, bathrooms in UK they don't uh, have plugs. So there are plugs in US uh, toilets, but in UK toilets you don't have any plugs. So normally you have a pull cord, so there is no switch for a light. All the toilets in UK they have a pull cord to switch on the light and to switch on the exhaust, um, and uh, there are no plugs. So suppose I want to provide electricity to a Japanese toilet in my bathroom, then I'll have to do extra engineering. So yes, you're right. That's a, that was one of the observations. I also thought like, wow, there's a lot of electricity being used. Yeah, not very environment friendly, and also um, I saw like a life hack in somewhere in TikTok or YouTube that you know if you just wipe your mirror with a, with shaving foam, I think it, the the condensation doesn't occur. I have not tasted uh, tested it, but uh, yeah, makes you think that. <laughs> What's, well, what's the first? What I think the, it's, it's about the convenience, right? Like uh, you get out of shower, and you don't even have to wipe anything, right? It's it's already built in. So that was the one of the things that struck me. So after 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 doing everything, getting fresh, going out to a restaurant, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. No, I was just I was just like wondering whether. When is Japan targeting to reach to become carbon neutral? <laughs> no, with, I, with I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think uh, most countries are. I mean, even if no, they no, are not targeting are. carbon neutral, <laughs> I don't think they will be uh, like uh, going <laughs> carbon neutral. Soon. Yeah. So, uh, and I was not worried about the carbon neutral part because uh, Japan is one of the most cleanest. Uh, I mean. countries in the world i mean it's even cleaner than singapore from people i met during the trip so i mean if you if you're thinking about emissions they are very low uh, if you think about cleanliness they are one of the most cleanest countries in the world they have the highest rate of recycling in the world uh, from what i could find because i could not find any trash anywhere in, in public or in uh, uh, other remote parts of the country so in terms of i think uh, if you are worried about the carbon neutral part i think uh, western countries have far more yeah no <laughs> i was just thinking because of the high electricity, electricity usage yes <laughs> but, uh, but uh, the electricity usage if you think about that 
then um, i mean let's uh, think think for a second they're just 100 million 110 million people so they are not a lot of people who are consuming electricity so even though maybe the per capita uh, consumption might be high but uh, so i think i don't i don't think that uh, the energy consumption by the whole country i mean it will be still high because it's a developed country i mean we uh, but i'm i'm guessing that uh, it's not a lot compared to say america or say other asian countries but yes but another thing to bear in mind is japanese population is uh, not uh, i mean it's more, one third of the population is in tokyo because most of japan is hilly so the the flattest part of japan is actually around tokyo but of course tokyo is also very earthquake prone so it's one of the densest cities in the world the the greater tokyo has about 40 million population and uh, it's the most populated city in the world and with all that um the rest of the japan is uh, very spread out and uh, there are not a lot of people like outside i mean there are people outside tokyo but they are spread out so it doesn't feel that uh, populated and whatever i'm describing mm. are uh, visible across uh, say kyoto osaka hiroshima so most of the other tier 2 cities which are not maybe as popular as tokyo also have the same technology so it's like homogeneous so it's not like uh, you um, see the technology only in one part of the country but these these things are standard everywhere so you find these uh, across the other thing is uh, like in in uk when a tourist comes they normally get a oyster card so that they are uh, they can travel uh, for the oyster card you normally have to uh, go to a shop and pick it up and uh, you'll have to pay some money uh, they'll take a deposit 5 pound and they'll give you the card in tokyo um, there are machines that uh, generate the card and they give it out to you so you don't actually have to go to a shop the machine does it for you so again one one of the things that makes it convenient is that uh, there are instructions and there is a machine i don't have to go and talk to a, uh, someone plus uh, even if there is no one at the office or there is no shop where i have to actually explain myself i can still understand and get a, a ticket uh, get a card and uh, just pay the amount and i can uh, quickly start using the public transport system so that again makes uh, your life very convenient plus um, compared to oyster card where it's uh, charged on a on a trip basis and you need to have a certain amount of balance i think uh, and we don't know what balance it is currently on our card based on how much trip we have made in japan what happens is uh, between every entry and exit they'll show the balance so all the entry gates and exit gates will show the balance of on the card and that card which we were using can also be used at convenience stores in buses in trams in uh, e- even in some restaurants uh, it's similar it's so one of the things that struck me was why are they not using contactless cards like a contactless debit card or a credit card in, like we do in the uk because we use contactless phones and we use uh, contactless everywhere from transport uh transport systems to coffee machines but in japan it was more about the cards are like uh, prepaid deb- uh, prepaid uh, cards so where you top up uh, the cash on the card and then you use it so this was a bit uh i think i think it was a bit behind uk but still because i could get a card from the machine i felt that it was much more convenient because then i didn't have to talk to anyone
Yeah, it's a heaven for introverts. It looks yeah, like exactly, and don't plus you don't have to like uh, overcoming the language barrier, etc. I think it's uh, such a hassle, right? Because you have to explain yourself what you need it for, etc., etc. Plus, of mm. course, uh, no one explains this to you. But because we had already did some Google research, so we knew that these cards exist, and then we could uh, like uh, use it. The other good thing was that you could top up these cards uh, not just at stations where you had the machines, but also at convenience stores like 7-Eleven, and there were other other stores where you could just uh, go and top it up, which was uh, again very convenient, like your Oyster card. Yeah, I was just going to say that not to defend London, but no, 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 uh, no exactly, exactly, not not yeah. to defend like London, but uh, but again here. Again, yeah. <laughs> this is very interesting. So in in London, when you want to top uh, top up your Oyster card, you tap it over um, a kind of a machine, and then it uh, it um, tops up your card, and then you get a receipt like how much cash is uh, there on your card. In Japan, there is a machine, and it's a payment machine, and it'll accept all sorts of uh, cards. It'll have a display system. You can see exactly what uh, what is your balance, and you can select what how much you want to pay. So you don't even have to ask the shopkeeper to select it for you. You select it on the touch screen in the display, saying, "I want to top for." For one thousand or two thousand yen, I put all the coins uh, in the machine or the cash, and then I top it up. So that was again very convenient, where I didn't have to interact. I just had to say I want to top up this card, and they would say, "Okay, check balance, and then how much cash you select, and then you enter it." So this was again very convenient, where even though I have to uh, use a uh, use it uh, at a convenience store, I was still interacting more with the machine than with the person. So that was again the convenience part of uh, like the non-interaction part. The other part was uh, in trains. So uh, I mean, Japan are uh, J uh, Japan is famous for the bullet trains. So the bullet trains uh, they they look very fancy, but uh, I mean, if you are in the UK and if you are traveled uh, using Virgin uh, trains of between say London and Scotland. Then those are pretty fast, but of course the Shinkansen are much faster, which are the bullet trains in Japanese. Uh, they are much faster, um, and one of the things that uh, that struck me most was the seats are always facing in the direction of the movement of the train. So whichever direction the train is going, the seats are always facing in that direction, and not just one seat, all seats. So this was again uh, very interesting, and then I saw like how they do it. So this is not uh, so this is again hardware innovation. So they have a lever and they turn the seat. So at the destination and at the source, they clean the trains. So there's a lady or a, a person. They get on the train. They pick up all the rubbish, which is very rare to find actually, and uh, then uh, they they clean all the seats. They wipe everything and they turn all the seats. So basically, the all the seats are turned for every car or the carriage in like split seconds, and that was again very interesting because you always want to face uh, the direction in which the train is moving, so you could see the scenery pass by. You don't want to face the opposite direction, uh, and uh, some of the trains have that. But in Japan, you could uh, you could do that very easily, and it's not just that those people could do it; you could do it by yourself because the lever was right there. Just press it, and it'll turn. So yeah, the benefit is if you are in a large group, you can all sit facing each other in a, in a, in, in a, in a if if you uh, if you want to if you want to 
Yes. Right, uh, right, right. So I mean, everything else is also in London. I mean, apart from the rotating seat part, so the rotating seat part. Yes, the bullet, the, yes, the Virgin trains. It is very similar. So Shinkansen is maybe much more faster, but it it gives you the same experience. Mm, but again right. in in the shinkansen uh in the shinkansen as well what i found was the the toilets were again very different there was a men's urinal so normally you don't find a urinal in a train so there was a urinal proper urinal a full size urinal in a train there was a powder room uh, there was a uh, there was a, a, a baby uh, changing room which is uh, which is standard where if it's a handicapped uh, or a disabled toilet but then it was uh, very different because uh, it was uh, segregated so men's urinal is separate you could quickly go in come out so you don't have to engage the other toilets so there is a separate toilet for ladies there is a powder room so if in case you want to wash your hands or etc use the uh, the powder room or, or or the wash basin outside so you don't have to keep the toilet occupied and then all the toilets had sliding doors which is again very convenient so some of the things that uh, these are small things but then they slowly start adding up and start making your life convenient london is there but london i think is still a bit behind in some of the things because uh, i mean there's still a, a bit of human interaction needed for some of the things whereas in japan i had very few human interaction because i could manage without actually talking to someone and that's yeah. the difference yeah i think obviously not having been there and just yes. you know listen to your experience i can't fully fathom the the difference Maybe, yes. Yes. yes but again when you were saying that you can you can you know uh, see the balance of your oyster card or or similar in, in between each trip in london as well you know they do show in some of the stations in in some of the in stations Paris, they they show a negative balance not, or something yes yeah yeah, yeah. so but it, it's not all of the stations all and of all. the stations exactly so i think the degree to which technology is implemented and i think one of the one of the i think the biggest positive in this sense is the public spending i guess the government spent on technology for public use a lot more than it, than they have in in london that's that's the main sort of difference what i've kind of gathered so far obviously it will but, probably uh, again the thing is uh, most of the tech that we see is uh, only in london i mean if you go outside london mm. the the technology that we that the the uh, the technology that is being used is less and less so if you go yes. outside london the the usage of technology starts reducing but if you go outside tokyo which is the capital uh, city uh, the usage of technology doesn't decrease uh, exactly so, that, so that is that, again a very different uh, experience because you think that okay if i go to some uh, place like hiroshima which is a very small city compared to tokyo which is like you can literally i mean you can you can uh, do the whole city in on on a bike it's that small but uh, if you find that uh, a similar level of technology and the experience is there then it makes makes your life so much convenient um even in even in buses i didn't have to like do much uh, so there was a separate just like in london you have an entry system and an exit system you have oyster cards but here again you had machines and uh, the drivers didn't uh, have to check anything tap in go uh, go and uh, tap out go and uh, everything gets deducted and uh, so this again was uh, very interesting because if you go outside london maybe not all buses have contactless only in london the buses are now contactless so they don't accept cash 
So, so this is something that was there even in Hiroshima, which is much, much smaller. Right. Yeah. No, that's absolutely. That's that exactly what I'm saying. Of, uh, the the penetration of technology. So it's not like it's just in uh, a big city. So th yes, that yeah. that is what the the traveling bit uh, showed me. Like, okay, wow, this is interesting. The other part mm. is uh, going to a restaurant. So uh, again, uh, Tokyo very densely populated um, and very busy. Uh, people don't have time, and uh, most of the restaurants are very busy uh, because people are so overworked. They tend to eat out a lot, and because they tend to eat out a lot, there are a lot of restaurants. And the the best thing about Japan is all the street food restaurants or any public restaurants are very hygienic and very safe. So you can you can be assured that no matter where you eat, you will not fall sick. Which is a very good thing. I mean, I can't say that about London, but I can definitely say that about Japan because I did try a lot of other street foods. Of course, I'm vegan. I didn't try a lot of meat stuff, but I checked with the local people and some of the guides, and they said yes, it is very safe. So you don't have to worry about eating out. And in Japan, there is a culture of eating out. So. Some of the restaurants, which are very tiny, um, and even even in London, you have very tiny restaurants. So if you go to Central London, there are just a restaurant which is like in a box, uh, just a long space, and there are and there is a restaurant, and they have long queues. In Japan, what they do is they have machines outside. So you you select your order on the machine, and you make the payment in the machine, and then you get a token, and then you just give it inside. Once a seat is available, you go in, sit. Uh, the order comes to your table you quickly finish your business and then you leave so you don't have to interact with the waiter uh, at the restaurant so to explain like what you want what you don't want you don't have to wait for the waiter to come and ask you for your bill and uh, they already know what you want so they can easily start preparing the food be even before the seat is vacant so you are not kept waiting for a very long time so the turnaround time is much quicker and it's a very simple thing um, most of the places, uh, most of the restaurants which are very busy or which want to rotate the uh, people quickly can utilize this uh, simple piece of technology. And it's like a vending machine or like a ticket buying machine. But instead of buying a ticket, you're buying a menu item. And this was again so convenient because I was able to use it across multiple restaurants. And I was like, wow, this is so convenient. I don't even have to talk to someone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not a tech related question, but what is the tip culture? In, no tips. In... No tips. Oh. So that's right, again yeah. a, a good thing. So Japan, um, they don't accept. Everyone's you, well they, paid. They, yeah, so. you just pay. Uh, there is maybe a tax uh, included, maybe a service charge, but everything is included. And so there is uh, no tip culture. So that's uh, another thing that uh, I noticed. Mm, right, the staff are paid fairly. So one of the things in Japan is that the crime rate is very low. And the reason for that, I mean, one of the reasons or one of the theories which one of the guides told us was that the uh, difference between the rich and poor is very less. So I could go out for a run at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. because I was jet lagged. I could not sleep. So I was able to go out for a run and feel very safe uh, in the middle of the night in Tokyo um, on, a, on a weekend. And it was still very safe. So this speaks a lot about the uh, culture of Japan. Like, And it's not just in Tokyo. I tried to run in uh, Hiroshima and many other cities. And it was perfectly safe, clean, safe. And uh, you don't have to worry. And one of the reasons is that, of course, the wealth is distributed uh, across the society uh, much better compared to, say, UK or e even the Americas. So that, again, uh, stood out to me quite a lot and which was, again, uh, very, very interesting.
so i mean we we talked about restaurants and we talked about this uh we talked about uh public toilets and the shinkansen uh what else um, uh, the other other things that i notice is the infrastructure in tokyo so tokyo is a very earthquake prone region in one of the most earthquake prone regions in the world the last major earthquake happened in japan in 2011 when the fukushima disaster nuclear disaster happened um, and uh, despite of all that tokyo is expanding despite knowing that it's uh, prone to earthquake it is expanding and it is building on top of other things so it's creating man made artificial islands uh, just like you see in uh, the uh, emirates or in, maybe in singapore uh, or other parts of the world where you have very small landmass so you try to build out in the uh, sea or the ocean uh, so tokyo is, uh, tokyo has done that uh, tokyo tries uh, tokyo is trying to build different types of uh, networks uh, railway networks so one of the most interesting rides i had in tokyo was a train it looked like a train but it was not running on tracks it was running on road and it didn't have wheels oh, right. it, i mean it had wheels but they were uh, rubber wheels like a car so a wow. car wheel running on a road <laughs> like a train like a, what makes it like a train if it i mean and why why would you not call it a bus um like it's like a dlr dlr right okay so, so there's no driver there's no driver okay and it Or has completely autonomous carriages. completely autonomous it has its own track so it's above the ground just like a dlr it's above the ground mm-hmm. it's not at the ground level uh the stations mm-hmm. are there so so yes it's not okay, a bus so so and it's not like one one box it's like five or six boxes so there are multiple carriages chained exactly. together with exactly uh, and right, they are right. guided of course they are guided of course from the sides so instead of on the on the bottom they are guided from the sides so normally a train is guided based by the tracks but here the 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 train or whatever i, I don't know what to call it a bus car <laughs> or bus train uh, it's guided by the sides that the 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 enclosure in which it is uh, going through okay so it's always sort of enclosed by two by two, two sides Besides, I, so I, I thought so. I, I thought side? so. I thought so. But <laughs> then there was a gap uh, when you are changing uh, from when when you reach the destination, you have to go on the other side, and there is a gap. And that time, there is um, there is no guide uh, rail on the side on one side. So there is just guide rail on one side. On the other side, there is no guide rail. So this was again very interesting. Like, and I was trying to figure out because I am a mechanical engineer. I was like, okay, where is the power coming from? Who is driving it? Where is the track? I don't see any track. And then I told my wife, see, look, there are wheels. There are actually like bus wheels on this train. And it was very interesting. And it was going. And it's it is not part of the Tokyo Metro. So. again japan has different types of railway systems so there is a metro system there is a overground system just like in london there is a bullet train which is like the national rail and then you have these private train operators and there was also a monorail so monorail was uh, i mean it's it's very uh, similar to the some of the monorails say uh, which uh, are connected to the airport so this monorail also connected to the airports and uh, this monorail was uh, just again one a single track and the train uh, and all the carriages had uh, enclosed were enclosing the track uh, 
so they they enclosed the track so they could go uh, a bit wobbly and they could go um, on this monorail uh, from one destination to another and mostly it was connected to the airport uh, the uh, Haneda airport which is closest to the Tokyo city uh, there was another airport Narita but that uh, you you have to take a taxi you can take a train but that's a different train so I mean th this infrastructure was again very diff uh, different because I was thinking Tokyo earthquake prone uh, fire Tokyo has been burned down a couple of times it has been rebuilt like three or four times already and yet they are building skyscrapers they are building all these different types of infrastructure so imagine an earthquake coming to London and then what happens to all the infrastructure so they are already prepared for all that and they they are much ahead in terms of construction war from what I could make out because every building has to survive the earthquakes so they are now slowly getting rid of the old wooden houses and uh, going towards all concrete so that it meets the regulation of the fire and and, and safety so this was again very fascinating like okay you are building so much infrastructure in such a small densely populated region and you could not see I mean there was construction happening when we went to Shibuya crossing there was construction happening but you could not uh, inhale any dust you could not hear a lot of loud noises it was just that yes you know because it's covered so you know there's a construction happening but it was not disturbing people so people were just uh, going on and doing their day-to-day -day activities and it was so again very pleasant because again as I mentioned Japan is very very clean so when you see constructions happening I mean yes of course those parts of the uh, those parts of the city they can become very crowded and the pedestrian paths and etc but here it was like just so uh, remarkable so yeah I mean those are some of the bits that I touched upon when uh, I went to Japan um, and I wanted to share it with everyone uh, there were of course many other things but these are some of the high-level things uh, which uh, fascinated me which uh, I could observe because see it's not about technology through just an app it's how, how about making technology uh, through hardware and making your life much more easier so that's what I found very fascinating in uh, Japan well, no, this is this is really interesting and fascinating, as you just said, to to hear about it. And uh, I definitely do want to go visit there one day to to sort of experience it myself. A lot of the times, I do realize that you know, hearing uh, the stories are much more different than being yes. there by by yourself. Yes. So, yes, I mean, you know, it's it's a very tourist friendly country, as far as I gathered from from what you just said. So, you know, uh, invitation to to all the audience, if if it suits your uh, uh, sort of interest, then definitely definitely go visit Japan. We're not uh, sponsored by Japan Tourism, but uh, it seems like an amazing uh, experience to to do this uh, do this experience of visiting Japan. Um, not I just... think uh, one of the things uh, uh, stood out for me was because uh, I went as a parent uh, with a one-year-old uh, son. Uh, so what stood out to me was that, of course, it is uh, uh, very advanced, but uh, it felt very safe. And I think right. that is yeah. very important. Um, if you can go out with your son and feel safe and not threatened, people are very polite and it's clean. So it means your son is not inhaling lot of the car emissions etc most of the cars by the way were hybrid so you could not mm. find a lot of gasoline they were not making a lot of noises 
so yes you're right the electric consumption is quite high <laughs> but uh, again um, that's how it is and that's how they've maintained their uh, air very clean even in a very densely populated region like tokyo Right. Okay. Yeah. No, thank you very much, Amit, for giving us this insight of uh, Japan from the eyes of a tech person. So I hope all the audience who are also must be interested in tech as much as we are and would be interested to and enjoyed this talk about tech um, in, in a particular country. If we also, again, this has actually been a good topic. So next time, whenever we visit any other countries, we'll make sure to look through the lenses of tech so we can share it with all of you. And, uh, yeah, uh, audience, if you guys have any suggestion that we should visit this country or that country to, to understand the, the different ways innovation has taken place in, in different areas. It could even be a third world country. I've seen a lot of sort of innovative ways of doing things, like, for example, water pump without any sort of electric or any kind of mechanical power source, etc. So um, there are all kinds of interesting stuff happening in all all geographic location, and it's it's important, I think, not just uh, amusing, but it's also important to know about all of these. As a result of that, we can sort of uh, permutate and you know combine different ideas to innovate even further. So definitely, definitely a eye-opening and a new perspective on, on a country and um, very much interested and uh, uh, sort of entertained with, with your description, Amit. Thank you very much. Audience, hopefully you guys have also enjoyed and uh, please feel free to contact us for anything, feedback or suggestions of topic. We look forward to hearing from you. Hope to see you guys again next week. With that, uh, we can end the episode here. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.